I'm Matt, I play synth and sing. I'm Mike, and I play guitar. Corey, drums. <laughs> and I'm Amanda, your host. I also play bass and sing. This week's podcast, we are going to start out with a special news segment because we realized we got some reviews on Apple Podcasts. Corey will be reading them in this special segment called Corey's Corner. I cannot wait to read these reviews. I've never even seen these before. And here they are. <laughs> the suspense is killing me. You really worked yourself into a corner. Corey's <laughs> corner. Okay. I want to I feel like we should we should like preface preface this with the fact that we just recorded half of this podcast and then it like we failed did. on us and now we no, have to like start, a start over. Or fourth. So the first time we did this recording, Corey really struggled to get through the reading. So now he's had a he's had a nice good cold read and this is what we call a warm <laughs> read where he's had a little bit of practice. So it should go much better. No pressure, Corey. Be absolutely lukewarm. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be like I'm reading copy for a a Jeep commercial. It's gonna be just roll off the tongue. <laughs> Let's hear that reading fluency. I want to hear the smoothness and expression. <laughs> okay, here we go. This first one is wordy and very flattering. Let me just pull up the text. Okay, five stars, of course. It says, this podcast feels like a great hang with your coolest friends. Very natural pace and flow of the convo. You can tell these guys are genuinely best pals, making each other laugh and riffing off each other. Love hearing tour stories, and as a big GYC fan, it's cool to hear their genesis and breakdown of their songs and albums. I think I nailed that. That was great. That was really good. Well done. Well Thank done. you. Kudos. The review is okay. <laughs> Here's another one. The title is Good Spooky Fun. Also five stars. First band my eight-year-old went to the MIA and has managed to see many more times. <laughs> Went to at the MIA. That's a weird <laughs> sentence. To be fair, it's kind of a weird sentence. So the MIA, the MIA is the Minneapolis Institute of Art for those of you who aren't from the area that we live in. I think it's rebranded now as Maya, right? Yeah, it's actually Mia. 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 Mama Mia. <laughs> Wait, really? God, yeah. yeah. We're idiots. Yeah, it's it's Mia. Okay. Wow, anyways, I really thought it was Maya. <laughs> this review is only halfway read. It's two sentences. We almost made it through. Okay, here's the second <laughs> sentence. Great music and the band feels appreciable and that it is inspiring for young musicians. Yeah, this is, that's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Albeit confusing. It's, it's a fine review. The sentences are a little hard to read out loud. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Corey, what would you review that review as in terms of... Um, you know, they gave us five stars. I would give his review four stars. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I don't know if it's a man or a woman. I don't know if I said he. I would give their review four stars. The best thing that will come out of this review segment is one of our fans will definitely send a private tutor to Corey's house. <laughs> they also stopped listening to us because I roasted their review on live radio. Really, though, for real? <laughs> yeah. Sincerely, thank you for leaving us sweet reviews, you guys. We really yeah. appreciate it. Um, we aren't getting our normal 
roaring applause and waves of adoration from seeing fans at shows. So uh, it means a lot that you guys are listening and enjoying this and letting us know. So listeners, if you'd like to leave a review of your own, we will read it on Corey's Corner next time. Yeah, and make the reviews as like wordy and challenging to read as possible. <laughs> or they could be a short story about something that happened to you. That would be great, too. Give them something to chew on. Honestly, that would be a very fun game. If we could motivate our fans to just post super, super wordy, complex reviews for you to have yeah. to read, that would be And really then don't fun. forget, the number of stars is five. If you'd like to relieve a four-star review or less, just simply I'm go to F-A-K-E-W-E-B-S-I-T-E.com. That's where you can leave four or fewer star reviews. I, feel, I wouldn't mind a couple ones. I feel like that'd be... F- That'd be fun. I mean, if somebody has a really poor review, I would love to read that. You're setting our <laughs> podcast up for failure here. Give it five stars, but just all of your words are negative. Five or one, nothing in between. Love it or hate it. This feels like a good time to move on to our next segment. What's new with you, buddy? Let's take it away with Matt first. Well, what's new with me? Not a whole lot. I recently purchased a new uh, synth, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. I did I couldn't get the actual synth, which is a Juno 60, um, and those were made in the 80s, and now they go for like three grand. But recently, Roland, which is a company that makes them, made like a, a like tiny cheap version of it which has a lot of the same tones or close to the same tones arguably so i got that i've been playing with that been watching uh all the star wars movies and going through those which has been a good time What's that's about it my favorite one is is empire strikes back nice. and i but i liked i didn't like the prequels i liked like seven, eight, nine, the sequels, the J.J. Abrams ones. I thought those were good. I, Are the prequels a... the ones with Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. The internet doesn't like those. I know, but I went back and like, I kind of feel bad for Jar Jar. Like at the time, Aww. at the time I, I too was like, who's Jar Jar? But now I, I kind of like, all Jar he's Jar. just, he's trying to have <laughs> a good time. He's trying to like, He's like the comedic relief in an otherwise really boring movie about trade negotiations. Just Jar Jar's trying to get a laugh. Our new album will be a concept album about the life of Jar Jar Binks. I started calling Archie Jar Jar. Oh, I like that. Excellent. How about you, Corey? What's new with you, buddy? What's really fun is that since we've already done all of these segments, because we feel like recording the first time, we already know what's new with you. Impress us with something interesting. I don't know. I don't... What okay, else? Okay, let me think. I've been actually... I feel like I've been more interested in aliens and UFOs as of recently. Wow. Left turn. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just thinking about uh, outer space. Thinking about whether we're alone or not. What do you think the answer is? Well, we're absolutely not alone, but I don't know if, you know, I don't know if aliens have, like, been here and abducted anybody, but... What, what about the, the Drake that... equation, though? Like, what if there yeah, were aliens, but they're not at the same time as us? That's definitely possible. That, so, what's the other What's the other paradox thing? I don't know if this about? is the paradox thing you're talking about, but on Amanda's point, I always heard that, like, they talk about, like, whatever the alien 
entity is like, it's very, very, very unlikely to be like as humanoid as we think of it as. Like, it's probably more likely to be so far advanced mm-hmm. that we can't even comprehend that kind of entity, or so like unadvanced that it's like this, you know, yeah, just like a potentially germ. Yeah. Do you guys? Okay, so kind of what got me out of this was um, I'm gonna have to look up this guy's name now. But do you guys remember like it was maybe like a two or three years ago there was like a thing that like passed like kind of close-ish to the Earth that like was it wasn't like a comet or like an asteroid or something and it was sort of like talked about in the news like kind of briefly it was sort of like a strange thing when it was like a brief moment. Do you guys remember this at all? What I was talking How about. Long ago? It was called, um, I think it was in, like, I want to say 2017. Hold on, really quick. I'm going to, I got to, like, Google this thing now. While we wait for Corey to Google, um, I just want listeners to know he's a big conspiracy theorist. He's really big into QAnon, um, <laughs> a lot of right wing stuff, 4chan. It's just sort of his vibe. <laughs> Getting, you know, you know Can I, a man behind the drums. QAnon for a little bit, just QAnon. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, here we go. I'm finding this. Corey, what's your pet peeve? Aliens. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's a little inside joke. Uh, what's new with me, buddy, is I bought a pair of figure skates. I used to skate just a little bit when I was a young kid, and I'm okay at it, unlike all the other sports. Um, and it's kind of fun to get out there in winter and just you know embrace it instead of hiding inside all the time. I can do a couple of spins. I can skate backwards. I am really interested in learning more advanced tricks, uh, hopefully advanced enough that I can break something. Would you? Do you feel like that is a pretty Minnesotan thing? Like just ice, ice skating? skating? Just kind of a Probably northern than, state thing? I mean, I'm guessing it's not that big in, like, Florida. Yeah, you'd have to, like, go to an indoor ice rink or something. I feel like even, yeah. like, hockey wasn't a thing in Wisconsin really compared to Minnesota. Even in yeah. southern Minnesota Crazy. where I'm from, like right. rural areas, I mean part of it's just the schools are small. There's not hockey programs and I didn't know people that were like big Minnesota Wild fans or whatever. But then coming to the Twin Cities area, it's like such a culture of behind hockey. Yeah. Yeah, hockey was pretty big in my hometown. Yeah, up in the North Dakota, I'm from upper almost Canada. Mike, what's new with you, buddy? As we were talking about sports, which I'm not like a big sport o, but I do love basketball, and I sometimes wish I could quit it, but I can't. Um, I like the Timberwolves, and it's been depressing because um, they're awful every single year. And like, there's like something about an underdog that I think like I that like speaks to my identity. I really enjoy that they're kind of bad in a small market team and stuff. But the thing that's supposed to be fun about underdogs is they eventually win, and that never happens with the Timberwolves. So, oh. so I'm trying to get up oh, like the excitement to actually start watching, but it's been a little rough. And then other than that, um, I've been putting a lot of my free time energy into just doing demos, working on guitar, recording at home for some Graveyard Club stuff that we've been messing around with. Oh, yeah. Mike came up with a cool spin on a demo idea that we've been working on by switching it from 4-4 to 6-8 time, which is the first time we've tried anything in 6-8, and we all really like it, and we're really excited about it. Yeah, it should be good. It's called Moonglow right now. We'll see if it uh, sees the light of day. It also has a really fat bass synth patch that I'm really enjoying. 
The patch is called Moonglow. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> Just keep rattling that off. The, the way Corey plays drums, it's called Moonglow. <laughs> it's a new rhythm I came up with. I think we should move along to our next segment, which is called Media Nest. Anybody got any good uh, media to report in this week? Um, I was saying that I was thinking about like how at a certain point towards the end of 2020, it was um, feeling like my regular rotation of music looked a lot like it did like 15 years ago where I was really digging the new Bright Eyes album, the new Strokes album, um, the new Fleet Foxes album. And then I had this moment of like, am I just like stagnating into the music that I liked forever ago? Um, But then I remembered that actually like all of a sudden it feels like a bunch of cool new music has come onto my radar or been released recently. So Um, The new Fontaine's DC album, not that new anymore, but that one was one of my favorites. Um, I've really gotten into the new um, Shame album, which just came out. And then I discovered the band Dead, D-E-H-D, kind of like a surfy, dreamy punk kind of thing. And I kind of missed them when I got released months ago, whenever it was, but I'm really into that right now. So Nice. Who else has a media nest report back? Um, I already mentioned Star Wars. I was watching those, but I've been watching hockey yeah. a lot, Minnesota Wild, which has been kind of how, fun. How are they in comparison to basketball? You know, they kind of have similar, like, like you always are hoping for more. Like, we've never won a mm-hmm. Stanley Cup, the Minnesota Wild, um, or the North Stars for that matter, but... Um, what are the North Stars? They're the old hockey team that left and became the Dallas Stars. Oh. Um, that's so weird to yeah. me. Like, the North Star, like, named for its place, and then another team buys and is like, oh, we'll still keep it in some way. Right. It's weird. That's why the Los Angeles Lakers are called the Lakers. They used to be the Minneapolis Lakers, where there's a bunch of lakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I always thought or that was why there's the, Ute- the Utah Jazz used to be New Orleans. Yes, that is the quintessential. It's like, yeah, that name probably should have changed in the in the move. I wonder if there's team like the the Wizards. Did that come from someplace where you're like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, the Cleveland Wizards, of course. Yes, God. Oh. They used to be based in Narnia. <laughs> yeah. So no incantation of Minnesota hockey has won the Super Bowl of hockey. No. Um, the Minnesota Wild are doing decent so far. They have a uh, they have some a couple new players or one main new player that's been fun to watch. Uh, his name's Kaprizov, Krill Kaprizov. Um, so that's been fun. His first name is Krill. Uh, yeah, Krill the th- Thrill. That's a great name. It's a crazy name. I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. Typically, how I participate when my friends like sports and I can't follow along is I memorize one or two players' names. I've got Carl Anthony Towns, Nino Nienerreiter, Brett Favre. So, one for yeah. each Nino doesn't play for Minnesota anymore, though. Yeah, and then that happens. And then I'm like, are you serious? It's already, like, hardwired into my brain. You can just say Curl the Thrill now. Curl the Thrill. What's his last name? Uh, Kaprizov. Kaprizov? Yeah. He's from Russia. Kaprizov. It's Kirill. 
So I've been doing that. What else? Uh, Lauren, I've been watching like 50% of the time, but Lauren's really into a show called Search Party. Um, We've been watching that too. It's funny. Like, I've, I don't know everything that's going on. She, like, we're on three, I think. It's nice. Uh, Are you guys watching that too, Mike and Amanda? Yeah, the first season I loved. Yep. And then I think with each passing season, it gets a little worse. I was, I didn't want to spoil. I didn't want to spoil. I don't. I don't know. Spoiler alert! But I, we haven't watched the fourth season yet. But like yeah. the third, the third season when we were watching that, I was like, "This is bad." Like I was, I just thought it was like not any. Like I don't know. Like the acting and like the storyline felt like it got weird. Did you feel like that at <laughs> all? I love that you started. Yeah. with I didn't want. I didn't want to spoil it, but uh, here <laughs> but we I go. Simply like, must. I had to. <laughs> like you came back from the future to tell. Well, like I, I really don't... didn't want to have to do this. The only reason I said that is because, like, I feel like if you're watching season three right now, Matt, I didn't want to be like, "That's a piece of shit," and then like you're watching it and just like, uh, like not, I don't know, enjoying it or something because I bashed it. No, I but... feel like the first half hour is me asking Lauren, like, "Wait, like what?" Like I get caught up, and then. She yeah. tells me what happened, but... I really liked the first two seasons. I just thought the third season was kind of like... It felt it's to me like really it was... zany. Yeah, it felt to me like they were like, they should have just ended it after two seasons, but they kept going, and I was yeah. kind of like, all right, and sort of like, where's the storyline going to go now from here? Right. I'm still kind of like appreciating it for what it now is, but it's a very different thing. Matt is now holding up a feather. I, you obviously you can't see this, but Matt so, just pulled up a feather that he's laughing... Archie just ran into the room and there's a feather in his mouth and he ran away. I don't <laughs> Archie's Matt's human son for anybody listening. <laughs> he just came to present me a feather and then scuttled away like a giant cockroach. He's soft as a cloud and his name is not Heather. He's Archie boy and he's giving you a feather. Wow. That's beautiful. Thank you. I feel like that should be our intro for the podcast intro music. Are we still on Media Nest right now? Yeah, we kind of got a little sidetracked. I just wanted to report that I have been doing a lot of vocal warm-ups lately because I really want to get my voice back in ship shape. And I've been listening to a lot of Disney tracks for this reason. Specifically, Reflection from Mulan. I like to sing it once per day, and then I listen back to my one from the previous day and see if I've gotten any better. And guess what? I have. Just a little. How do you know if you've gotten better? You just like compare them and. Yeah, it's just, you know, like little crackly, shaky, not that belty on the high notes kind of stuff that gets sort of better each day. I think there was a lot of cobwebs in the old vocal cords. Yeah, me too. It's been pandemic. a long, long time off of, off of gigging. Yeah. All right. Let's move along to our next segment, which is called Band News. Could we talk about the Ice House thing? Yeah, a local venue in Minneapolis here that we've played a few times is doing some work with local artists to do some streaming concerts. Um, So we are, um, in the next couple weeks here, going to be recording a little show, like an hour-long set pre-recorded that will be posted to the internet, which is exciting. We haven't agreed to do too many of those types of things just because the logistics are a little tricky, but this sounds fun and um, it's giving us reason to practice and um, run a set again. So that's fun. And what else is new with the band? Just 
Um, I think we were sort of last podcast talking about how slow going the recording process has been, trying to sort of piecemeal um, some remote recordings together. And now I think we're, you know, we're picking up a little bit of momentum. Um, we've been practicing with masks on and... Oh, I got us some, not N95s, but KN95 masks, which are pretty, pretty good for Matt and myself, since singing is kind of a high-risk activity. And they're really hard to sing in, so I think they work. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I agree. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, so I think we're starting to see some really, really rough demos come to life a little bit, and realize their fuller potential so um still no like tangible deadlines or um, release dates or anything like that it's it's very much a work in progress but it feels like um some positive steps yeah 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 it feels like we actually are starting to officially work on lp4 and we've worked on it in pieces in the past but now it's like there's a spreadsheet which is like a big deal Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the main (laughs) The main motivator right now is to like change the color of a cell on a spreadsheet. Yeah. That's my motivation. Uh, but we have some good. I'm excited about some of these tunes. I think it'll be turn out well. Definitely in the end. And that spreadsheet's yes. name is Moon Glow. <laughs> yeah, everything is Moon Glow. We also so our okay. Our last two podcasts were recorded pretty significantly before their like air date because we are getting the hang of a lot of things. And, like, wanted to be extra early and stuff. So last time we talked about vinyl, it was like, we have no idea when it's going to ship. And then guess what? It came in and we shipped it all. Woo! Yeah, we've already had some Instagram posts. It's been cool to see people on Instagram sharing stories and things of spinning the record. So clearly a lot of people have already received theirs. And if you haven't, you should be very soon. Also, I mean, merch plug time that people can order these. Yes. Correct. Yeah, it's no longer pre-order. It's just simply an order that will ship within, I think we say five business days. It's usually around there. Bandcap. We got vinyl. We got hats. We got shirts. We got posters. All kinds of shirts. What do you want? Oven mitts. Stickers. Koozies. Bottle openers. We actually. I feel like there maybe isn't a ton. There's like not a whole lot left of the vinyl. Let's make. Hey. Let's make it really limited. Shh. It. <laughs> there's one. There's, I think there's one left. There's one left. Everybody, get on there and order it. See who can order it the quickest. There's one. It's a really big one though, so we'll cut slices oh off of the big. <laughs> Hopefully, get a good song because there's some duds on there. <laughs> Just kidding. It's all great. <laughs> Each slice is one one tune. That's how vinyl oh, works. Oh man, I got it forever. I hate that one. So our new uh, podcast timeline is hopefully going to stick to this, which is recording on Sunday, releasing the following Thursday, which gives us lots of time to edit and put it online and all that. So so hopefully what we're talking about is going to be pretty relevant by the time you guys are listening to this. The news cycle is moving so fast nowadays. Who knows what could happen by the time this comes out? Graveyard Club has issued sure. dozens of executive orders <laughs> since the recording of this podcast. We're somehow taking over the United States. <laughs> we are all for the president. <laughs> um, something. Oh, I'm just kind of moving us right along to our next segment, which is story time. 
And something that we were talking about is why our segment uh, earlier is called Media Nest. Yeah, so I was thinking when I was listening back to one of our podcasts, like, wait, nobody knows why we call it Media Nest. And it apparently stemmed from Matt terming that or coining that term, I should say, because I think Amanda on tour would like hunker down in the back seat with like various media things like a laptop with a video game and a podcast and her headphones and like texting her friend, like just sort of a nice yeah. little little zone to get into your own little world. And I, yeah, before, I think it was maybe before our first tour, I was like very concerned about um, just like my introvert batteries having time to recharge. So I instituted Hour of Quiet, which is where nobody's allowed to talk to me unless it's an emergency. <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> like uh to to really kind of supercharge those batteries during the hour of quiet i like to form a nest of media but that's and also then, that's the opposite of of hour of noise exactly oh, yeah. when matt comes home from work and he just sings and yells into into the <laughs> void for one hour <laughs> do you still do that matt i still i wouldn't say every day but it's really therapeutic hour of noise just give yourself one hour every day to just Stream of consciousness. Just say, say, and sing what you what's in your heart. I love that. Um, but yeah, so it started as Media Nest on some tour, and then eventually it became this thing where we had my dad's minivan for a tour, and there was a. I think it was the last was it the last two tours that we had that. Well, does or was it Mike's dad and Matt's van? dad have pretty much the same minivan? Yeah, they're that's right. They're pretty much. The it's the same van, that. but like I ended up in the way back. For it's the three first rows. Yeah, so it's three rows of seats. So we're like driving out to Montana and like I feel like initially there was like, oh man, the way back doesn't seem that comfortable. So I was like, I'll take it. And then I was back there and in my head I was like, This is this is the most comfortable place I've ever been in my life. But I think outwardly I was like, Ooh, my legs are tired from sitting back here because I like knew how good it was. <laughs> you little snake. And for some reason, it got coined Sticky Bear's Cavern, the, I think the that was, furthest back bench. I think that was from Corey, like, emerging from it. He definitely seems like the prime candidate for Sticky Bear. You would always go back there. It's like you'd have, like, a blanket and a bunch of snacks, and you would just go and, like, stretch out in that back seat. You could lay down all the way. And I feel like I was the only one back there until we maybe got to Seattle. And then someone else tried it, and they were like... Holy shit! Like this is that's has been lying to us. This, this is so time. good. I think in my mind, I'm like too tall for it. I'm not gonna like this. Like, what's the big deal? And then I was the last one to ever get to it, and I was just in hog heaven. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I slept. I like downloaded Stardew Valley, which is like a video game about. Oh, I would like mama. played that, and I like laid around. I dreamed. I could like watch the clouds through one of the windows. It was. I feel like it's like retirement back there. It's like you got no more responsibilities. The kids are gone. You just sit back and relax. What are the kids the in this metaphor? None of us have kids. It's the rest of us. <laughs> Honestly, though, I feel like time passed in a different way back there. It was just beautiful. It was great. Yeah. You can throw your garbage wherever you want when you're in the car. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That was a nice... Because I feel like when you're on tour, like, you everyone drives shifts. And, like, when you're done, like, maybe you just drove into Philadelphia. It was very stressful. 
and you're like we have a, <laughs> we have a trailer it's like oh mm-hmm. what a stressful night and then like the next morning you're in the back seat and you don't have to drive for days and you just lay back and you think you think about all the things you're gonna do with your life you know i feel like sticky i remember when i rode in sticky bears cavern the in, the entire way back from detroit and then i woke up when we were 10 minutes from my house <laughs> first of all you're conflating two different tours yeah i think that was that was pre-sticky i know bears but like i was still in the back right yes we like, were still we were, we were like, that was that was God, sticky badger's was, foxhole here's what happened bears there. Cavern before sticky bears cavern existed yeah. that was your dad's pickup we didn't even have a trailer can we just oh, yeah. take a moment to check that. our privilege about all of our dads and their vehicles that they gratefully loaned us for all of these tours? Shout out to Peter and, and Greg and Bearcat. Bearcat is my dad's birth name. We took my dad's private jet and it was not comfortable. And to Don, I'd just like to say, where's your minivan? Hmm? That's my dad. Oh, what about that RV, Don? Yeah, he's got a camper. We should be taking that on tour. What <laughs> Amanda's dad's not coming through for us the one problem is that he lives in his he can come with he's a snowbird yeah yeah (laughs) yeah they they're at a summer camp for retired people but the detroit thing was in the pickup Corey started sleeping the moment we left detroit and i think i drove that whole time i don't know how many hours like eight hours hours. and i want to say it was like 10 everybody was sleeping i don't know Everybody was like sleeping or quiet or just kind of, you know, whatever, burnt out. But Corey was like in a deep slumber the whole time. We should maybe and specify that like, Corey has the ability like as soon as he pleases. He just simply has to close his eyes and he's in a dead sleep I getting those. I'm a quick, quick faller sleeper, <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, so we get like blocks from Corey's house and he wakes up for the first time in like half of a day. And he's like, can we get a little AC back here? <laughs> and I thought I was going to murder him. Like, just stop the car and strangle him. Mike had just been up drinking coffee all night. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, just such an I was ass. fully rested. I was like, could you drop me off at work? Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember the end of that was after Mike drove for 18 hours straight. I was like, 18. hey. I was, at the time, I was... I was living with my parents, and I was like, "Hey, I really need a ride back to Bloomington." If you, it was like three thirty in the morning, it's like, "All right," he drove me oh all the way gosh. to Bloomington. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got home, and the place I was living, I I just moved into, and I couldn't park anywhere. Like I didn't have like a spot to park, and I didn't know how bad street parking would be at that spot. And I was like circling the neighborhood for like forty five minutes trying to find parking, and just cursing all of your names. Oh my. But oh, I'm man. fine now. I got Thanks over it. Thanks for driving, Mike. Oh You're God. welcome. Okay, since we're talking about this, I was just thinking of another funny story. Do you, Mike, do you remember when we got back from, I don't remember, it was must have been a tour or maybe it was just like a short out of town like weekend, but we got back. The downpour? Yeah, and you for some reason had to like stay at my house because you were like in between houses or something like that. Yeah, I was probably deeply alone at that time so you you were like i was like we'll just stay over here and we like went and got like a bottle of whiskey quick because we were like let's just like have a couple drinks and then it like poured rain and the power went up oh i think the power went out at my house first and we were like we better go to the liquor store and get some booze (laughs) oh no we gotta do it now (laughs) so we were like yeah we ran to the liquor store and then we just like went out and like walked around with this massive storm and that bridge underneath yeah that underpass like that underneath that railroad yep. railroad overpass or whatever was like totally flooded 
and there was some guy like waiting we, around. Didn't in there. we watch a car like submerge under it? Like a car drove not knowing how deep it was and like got stuck. Yeah, there was like a car in there, and then there was some guy like wading through it. It was crazy. I was like, this is such a weird day. It was like the apocalypse hit after our tour. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I thought the tour was the apocalypse. <laughs> if you listen to the last <laughs> podcast, you know how bad it was. <laughs> Where were we coming back from on that? Like, I when think was it was that? after that very first tour, or maybe. I don't know. I was thinking it was maybe like the Rib Fest, like the Rib Fest thing. Was it? Oh, after that's that? a story time episode two. Hiccups. Oh god, I forgot <laughs> oh, about that. That's <laughs> next episode teaser. Don't forget, listeners. In addition to sending us your questions, we would love to hear like which things you want to hear us talk about at length. For example, was it rats? Is that what we should have done for episode two? <laughs> yes. What are the things we should shut up about? <laughs> Anyway, let's move along then to our next segment, which is Deep Dive. Today, we are going to be doing a deep dive into the song Witchcraft. Witchcraft is a tune that is on our Goodnight Paradise record. It is the introductory track. And it actually like had many lives. We never finished it until that point or like felt like it was done. And it had maybe like two or three different versions and the words never felt done and stuff. So I feel like for Goodnight Paradise, we finally finished it. Um, but we had, I guess, would you say two official versions of the song before then with, with different words? Yeah, we had one that we played live like two years before we ever finalized the recording of it, and it was very much like bare bones fifties, not at all synthy. It was really not that great, probably, is why I never saw the light of day. Yeah, I feel like the first time we played it was maybe at that photography studio party, one of those parties we played it. And at the time, I haven't played this keyboard in a while, but I had an, an old Casio organ that I got from our Is friend. Is that the brown one? Yeah. So that's an instrument I used to play in an old band that Corey and I played in together. An old Casio. What what was like the model or whatever of that thing? I think it was a 701, Casio Tone 701. That was a really fun little thing to play. And that's heard a lot on Nightingale record. Like, that's on, like, Skull and Crossbones oh, yeah. and some of those older tunes, for sure. It's got great, like, organ sounds. I gotta, I wanna play that again. That was, fun. I remember, like, playing that and I was like, oh man, I'll pay any amount to, to, like, buy this off of Patrick, who owned it. And, I was like, and it's hey, funny because you... Patrick owned it, but, like, the whole time I was in a band with Patrick, I just, I just played it. I never, like, offered to buy it or anything. <laughs> I yeah. just borrowed it long term. <laughs> I feel like I texted him, Thanks, I was Pat. like, how much would you sell that Casio tone for? Like thinking of like in hundreds mm-hmm. and he was like, how about 20 bucks? And he was like, <laughs> all right. I think he got that at a thrift store or something, honestly. Nice. I'm trying to remember where that would, that thing came from. I don't remember. Yeah. So like that, so it sounded really like fifties at first. And then I know we were talking about Amanda, you mentioned like there, there wasn't really anything standing out about it it felt like almost a cover of a song yeah i think my criticism might have been a little stingy but it was like this is a song from the 50s period 
it's not like a song from the 50s with a great graveyard club spin that's mixed in with these other elements. So. So then eventually, like, so it got tabled. We didn't play it. We didn't record it anymore. And then I tried, like, a surf version of it, like, maybe two, a year and a half, two years later. And it still didn't click. I, did, I don't think we ever played that live in that, no. in that capacity. I think you just you hear about bands like you hear about Radiohead, for example, like recording or not recording, but having all these like B sides and rare songs that they'll play for like one show and like have circulating around on like bootlegs or something for years, and then all of a sudden like a decade later they finalize it and put it on a record. Like I'm trying to say this because we're so much like we're Radiohead, a lot like I Radiohead. guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so earlier after we like tried these different demos of witchcraft and it never clicked, um, I had another demo that we had started working on called Cathedral Hill. And then like as we worked on it, we all realized like, hey, this is like re- a, a similar chord structure to witchcraft and we had forgotten about that song at the time so uh so we melded those two together and i finally uh, was able to to finish the lyrics and write the words and it kind of uh, finally clicked into place yeah and then that was it where it didn't feel like a 50s tune that had no spin it felt like a 50s tune that had a spin I thought was interesting to go into with that one is the music video because I think that was probably the most um, intensive video we've done and, and and we enlisted a lot of friends so our buddy TJ has done some work for us um, doing music videos and some like live photography and stuff so shout out to TJ but we basically were like we don't want a storyline for this we don't want a narrative Sometimes I think that can look really contrived and weird in a music video when you're trying to like tell a cool like story from beginning to end in like three minutes and it's just sort of forced. So we're like, let's just get some cool vibes and some fun imagery. So yeah, we were like roller rink, skeletons on bikes, the woods at night. And that's what we did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think to like, going to Matt's apartment and putting on skeleton makeup and getting dressed up and then like riding bikes around like this nice historical part of uh, St. Paul where he was living at the time and just having random like I was gonna say we like shot like some of the moving shots he was like wasn't we were we in the back of somebody's van again yeah he was like hanging up Hmm, I wonder who had a minivan we could have used (laughs) somebody else's dad's minivan as TJ yeah TJ's like out, like filming us out the back of the minivan as we ride our bikes around St. Paul and having it just looked like medium safe. It was going very slow. Yeah, yeah it was slow. Strapped was a safe. strap across that so he could hold on to. But it was just like a random like Saturday afternoon. We're wearing skeleton makeup, riding bikes, and people just staring at us like, "What in the hell?" I remember it as not Saturday. Maybe it was Saturday afternoon, but I remember. I remember it as like rush hour on like a weeknight because I remember oh, Bobby. Bobby had to drive. And he, like, couldn't go over, like, 15 miles per hour because TJ was, like, half out the back of this van. 
And so, like, cars, like, there was a line of cars, like, blocks long as, as we rode bikes dressed up as skeletons. And Bobby, like, really stressed out is driving a van in front of us. Oh and, like, gosh. there's cars. We, yeah. acc- we accidentally pulled out in front of a funeral procession, which was kind of a inconvenience <laughs> for a lot of people. Uh, so that's Matt memory, Matt's memories of everybody white-knuckling it. My memory is just... Arms spread wide, no hands, flying down this hill with like my shirt tails trailing behind. It It was was a good time. A A joyous ride. And then we also went out to the woods and it was super hot. We were like scouting out locations kind of by Wisconsin, I think. And Yeah, it ended up being my aunt who, long story short, is also Corey's uncle's wife. We're we're distantly related. My aunt's neighbor had like a bunch of land out near Kind of by Hudson or Prescott, somewhere in between those two yeah, towns. Yeah, Pres- Prescott. Yeah. Prescott. Yeah. Good shout out for Lauren, Matt's. I was just then, gonna say that. Dude. It's Matt's then new girlfriend and now fiance, but like she was like stringing up lights in the woods. And it's getting dark oh, and it was like was super hot out. And she's like helping like move around like all these decorations we had put up in the woods. I was like, marry her. You marry her, boy. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember it being really hot and like. TJ, we needed smoke for the live set. So, like, anytime you see smoke in there and you watch the video again, just picture, like, a, a five-foot-four uh, person just, like, in in the thorns and the brambles of the bushes down. with a smoke machine just, like, pumping it every, like, ten seconds. Like, yeah. she's, like, right behind us, but you, like, you don't see it. As we're just, like, holding instruments and pantomiming a performance in the yeah. woods. Yeah. She's covered in like ticks and bug bites. I just was gonna say we should have filled yeah. like that that like fogger with like mosquito insecticide to just blast over the <laughs> mosquitoes. Ooh. Yeah, and then Two the birds. part three of the video was. Wait, we also something kind of tricky about the woods scene was that we had to. Okay, I got to remember how this worked. We were singing the lyrics at like double speed because oh, then yeah. that footage was going to be played in slow motion. Is that what it was? Yeah. Which which was a lot harder than it sounds. Like just I don't know. It it feels weird. It's tricky to do. It's it's we, really easy. If you're a little bit off, it's gonna look a lot off. In did the video, we have so like that a took a lot of takes. Boombox with it playing or something? Like how did I don't remember how yeah. we did that? Yeah, TJ had like made the files of the song at the weird speed and yeah. then we had to sing along with that. Gotcha. Yeah. And I remember too, like each of us tried at least one or two takes of just like mouthing the words and it would be like the whole crew and everyone else would like look at each other and be like, you need to actually sing the words. You look stupid. <laughs> like you think, you think when you're just mouthing it that it's going to look the same, but it turns out that it looks like you're mouthing it. Yeah. We should mention as well, like TJ did our video for Cellar Door. That's kind of how we met him. Uh, he reached out about that. Uh, but Yeah, he's a whiz. Yeah, he is a whiz. And a sweetheart. Yeah, he's out in Los Angeles most of the time, but it's been fun to work with him. And he also introduced us to his friend Bianca, who did Dreamland. And oh, and it hurts. That's right. Yeah. More recently, Dreamland. But yeah, so I guess the final shout out there would be to our friends who joined us at the roller rink and put on skeleton makeup and roller skated with us for that third location. And it's kind of fun. Yeah. That was another tricky one, too, because we did, like, I don't know, like, sort of like a casting call or whatever. Like, come come join us, like, put on makeup and meet us for roller skating. And I think what we totally failed to mention until the last minute was that the only roller rink that I could find with reasonable prices was, like, 
very, very far away from the cities. It was like in like a fifth tier suburb, like really, really long drive. So just really appreciate all the people that made it out for that one. <laughs> and we apologize if the editing cut out your face from the roller rink and we only see your feet. But you it know, was not personal. There's a cost of art. There's a Rocky Rococo's up there, though, so it was totally worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, that concludes Deep Dive. We now move on to our next segment. Questions. What do you got for us today, Mikey? What's your favorite part of touring and what do you least like? Aside from Sticky Bear's Lair. It's hard to say. My favorite part of touring is always uh, just getting. It's it's probably my favorite part and the the least favorite part because the best part is you get to see so many cities and you get to like experience all these different places and uh, I think it's it's been a it's kind of a double edged sword because you get to you get introduced to a new city that you maybe have never been to. But also you have to leave that city in a day, so you don't have much time to explore. Um, but maybe that that's what makes it sweet, because it's almost like a fleeting, like, oh, you get one restaurant that you get to go to in this city. What do you pick? Totally. Um, Leaves you wanting more. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to leave cities where you're like, like San Francisco, we've like barely been to, even though we've played there multiple times, where you're just like, you're wanting to to explore more and see the city, but you just have to head on to the next town and you don't get, mm-hmm. you don't get long enough, but some cities also are like, all right, we've been here long enough. It's time to go. Totally. I don't know if I have like a specifically least favorite part, but one thing that I really, really love is so Matt's partner, Lauren, we mentioned in the witchcraft video, and then there's Corey's partner, Bethany. And I just love it when there's, stints or legs that they join us for it's so fun it's such a nice dynamic um good to have some of the the balance restored to the the gender you know touring with a bunch of sticky bears isn't always (laughs) the experience that a lady's looking for but i just love them it's really fun and it's just just a fun group dynamic when everybody's there yeah i think kind of the aspect of just like doing doing something that's just sort of like a break from your normal routine, you know? Like going on the road for two weeks to like do that is, I don't know, there's a, you know, everybody doesn't get to do that, so it's like fun to have the opportunity to be able to do stuff like that, whether whatever scale it's on. Totally. But it's also, I don't know, it's kind of the same thing like you were saying, Matt, like double-edged sword, it's like, I feel like we get on tour and it's just like, I'm just going to drink four beers every night and eat cheeseburgers for every meal and come back 25 pounds heavier than when I left. (laughs) Like, it's hard to, like, maintain any sort of, like, a real, like, healthy... Like, I don't know if I could go on tour for, like, a year or six months. I think that would be really bad for me. But it's nice. It's fun in those, like, short bursts. You'd have a heart attack. Right. That's kind of exactly where my mind was going, where it's, like, this double-edged sword of... It is so unique and so fun. And, like, some of my favorite memories are are crazy tour stories and some of mm-hmm. it you can tell the story of and some of it you just had to be there but yeah the flip side of that is i think the mental health piece is a little weird to navigate like it's probably safe to say that our whole band is sort of right in between like introvert and extrovert probably mm-hmm. in a lot of ways 
Um, and touring is sort of an extrovert uh, environment. And, like, you start to, like, I, I guess I start to feel like, well, why am I not having fun right now for the moments where you're not having fun or where you're tired or where you're crabby or where you, yeah. like, need space? And you get in your head, like, or especially if you're on a different wavelength where, like, oh, the rest of the band is laughing it up right now. And, like, I'm, like, on a low period of, like, I just need a nap or, like, I need to, like, go for a run or, like, get out of here. So, like, that's just normal. But when you're in the moment, it sort of feels like, oh, I should be enjoying every second of this. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just, like, no, you're in a car or a van for, like, 12 hours and you, you know, it's uncomfortable. So It's also... It's like, it's kind of work, you know, too. Like, it's not like you're on, like, a two-week, like, vacation either. Right. Well, and I would say, like, on a positive note, I think, at the risk of sounding a little sappy, I think it bonds you to, like, I, I think of, like, my college roommates, like, the people that I chose to live with in my later college years, and, like, how they're kind of, like, family. Like, when you live with somebody, you get to know them in a way that's so real and so comfortable that you're bonded in a certain way that's just like, it's never going to go away. And I think touring is a little bit like that too, where it's like, you just spend so much time and so much proximity together that you get to bond in a way that's a little familial. Mm -hmm. And that's cool. And I think in, you know, in the age that we are in adulthood with jobs and partners and responsibilities and things, it's sometimes hard to tap into that level of friendship and that level of bond. So I think that's a really cool silver lining behind like going on tour, even though it is really hard. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I'm just going to say in case we need this audio for later, um, Corey's computer has died in case he got out suddenly. He'll be back soon. Oh no, Corey. Speaking of familial bond, how well does it mean that you know someone if you know the McDonald's breakfast order of an entire car? Because I knew that at one time. <laughs> yeah, true. Should we move on to another question? Yeah, let's do another question. Okay. How long have you been playing your instruments? Did you have any formal music study? And what do... What all do each of you play, or what would you like to learn to play? You go first, Mike. Um, I did take piano lessons um, as a Tell kid. Tell the story about your piano teacher and what she allowed. I'm not sure where you're going with that, but um, I had a... Here's what I I'll know. allow there was a anything. Real... <laughs> there was a real piano teacher in your small town that seemed perfectly nice and wonderful and qualified and had a, a proper piano. And this is and in a tiny town, so she was one of, like, two options for piano teachers. Yeah. And for some reason, she had your sister, like, she was her student. But then when you came along, you were instead delegated to, like, one of her underlings who was, like, some high school student or something who wasn't a proper teacher and taught you on an electric keyboard in the other room. And she did yeah. that with all the boys. Yeah, I was banished. That was some BS. It's probably the right choice, though. Yeah, I wonder why you didn't like those lessons. Yeah, it wasn't good. And now that, you know, so fans probably don't know this, but Amanda and I are married. So watching Amanda teach piano lessons at home, which is one of her jobs um, when she's been doing virtual piano lessons and just kind of like hearing the way she runs her her whole setup with that I'm always jealous like oh my gosh you have so many cool engaging ideas and you let kids like 
improv and you like help transpose like movie music that they sure right but like there's creativity involved and you like tap into like taste that they have like oh you want to hear this song i'll transpose it for you so we can actually play that my piano was not like that it was like really boring theory and like play hot cross buns a million times that Um, bums me out i hear so many stories like that when i tell people i'm a piano teacher they're like yeah i just could not stick with it because it was so boring but I was also obsessed with the idea of being like in a band way early. So my music then turned into like I quit piano and I joined school band because everybody did. I played trombone, hated that too, but I stuck with it through like all of high school and I sang in choir. But I was never like my mind was never very compelled to like latch on to theory and the technical side of stuff. So like I have all this background, but I don't think it informs that much. I think my obsessive consumption of music and like rock music and indie music and stuff just like made me like really desire to be able to do that. So it was like finding tabs on the internet and like just listening carefully to like CDs and recreating that on like this cheap like JC Penny acoustic guitar. Um, and then eventually like just sort of learning the right way to do things. But I never had any lessons on guitar. My town was so small that there was literally nobody else that I knew that played guitar, let alone taught lessons. I would have had to drive like probably half hour away or more to find a lesson. Um, so I would probably be way better at guitar if I had uh, more access to some of those things. You're really but good. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm fine, but, you know. Come on, Mike. Come on. All right. You're really no, you're good. Fine. I'm pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So I'm not that trained, but... um. Who cares? <laughs> um, Others. The question was tra- like training or level of theory or whatever. Yeah, level and... of formal music study and what do you play or what do you want to learn to play? Oh, yeah. I well, I, w- like... I was ex- – oh, go ahead, Matt. Um, why, do you, why do you have to repeat the question? Obviously, everybody here knows what we were talking about because we were all no here for the last – No one left. <laughs> yeah. Corey's Corey back. definitely didn't let his computer die. <laughs> <laughs> My computer died. I had to go grab a cord. I scrambled out. Quick run to Target. <laughs> Matt, I would like to hear your answer next. Um, mine was, was fairly similar to Mike's answer where I played in the school band. I played the trumpet. And I liked it. I thought it was good. But I never was like great at theory. I never really knew what I was doing. I could read music. I could read treble clef. Um and, but I always, like, loved, like, bands, and I always wanted to be in a band. So maybe when I was, like, 14, I got an electric, an electric guitar and uh, and started practicing and, and, like, learning the same way, like, by doing tabs. And, and I got, like, decent at guitar. And actually, I don't know if we've said this on the podcast, but, like, Mike and I were in a band before Graveyard Club where, like, both of us played guitar and... It's definitely the instrument that I feel like good at. I feel like prefer- oh really, yeah. Just kidding. I feel like <laughs> like if I had to lift, like by no means was I great, but like I I feel kind of proficient at guitar. So guitar. with Graveyard Club, it, like it was an intentional shift away from guitar music and like into synth. And I love playing the synth. And I, I love the tones, but I never was like an accomplished piano player. I don't know a lot about it. It's more of just like really playing by ear and, and kind of like matching stuff that I love. 
and I'll still like play the guitar and sometimes even like write demos in guitar that eventually Mike plays way better and makes way better parts. Uh, but yeah, so I never had, I had pian or I had, uh, trumpet lessons when I was playing that, but I haven't had any formal training beyond that. For trumpet, you took like lessons, lessons, like private lessons or like it was part of your band thing at school? No, I took like, I took private trumpet lessons. Dude, let's make a ska album, and I'll play trombone, you play trumpet. Hell yeah. Oh my god. That's what the fans want. Corey? Uh, I played drums. I've always played drums. I played drums in high school. Like, I don't know. I feel like I went to, like, a small rural high school, so it was like everybody was in band, basically. How big was your graduating class? Uh, about 30 people. Where did you fall in terms of... Um, in your class the like hot like hot like hotness no <laughs> too oh. spicy pepper <laughs> like you know where where were you in your class like you know you're number one in your class like gpa you know what i mean valedictorian where'd you fall oh um i was up there there's some, there some smarties for a class of 30 people there was some some smart ones in there <laughs> i was probably like i feel like i was probably in the top 10 one third nice that's All like right. a yeah. C plus. I, li- I like to picture that everybody picked drums in your whole town to play. <laughs> and so, like, there was a concert and there was just 30 drummers, no other instruments. They were just, <laughs> just playing over each other the entire time. No, no notes. Massive gaps. Massive gaps where the horn sections were supposed to be playing. <laughs> just dead silence for, like, two minutes. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Our school district... Spent a small fortune on timpanis. <laughs> timpanis Everybody symbols. gets their own timpani. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, no, I I did like concert concert band and marching band and pep band and stuff in high school. And I honestly didn't really, I never was in like a high school, I wasn't ever in like a rock band or like a other, you know, a non-school type of band. Was your first band you were in Summer um, Hounds? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, kind of yes. Like Patrick and I. Patrick is just like a a friend of ours um, from up here. For people that don't know, but him and I were. I don't know if you would call it a band necessarily, but like him and I were kind of just jammed together, and we had like a practice space sort of as soon as I moved to Minneapolis after college. But we never really like we didn't like make any full albums or anything or play any shows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We just kind of got drunk in a basement for the most part and, <laughs> like, jammed, like, three days a week. But, yeah. That's great. Um, but, yeah, then it was kind of Summer Haunts, which was uh, a band that Amanda and I were in and um, a few of our other friends from up here. And then, yeah, Graveyard Club was, like, the first, like, serious, serious, um, I don't know rock band i guess or what do you call like a band just a bit normal band you just say band i'm pretty sure normal band is right so that brings us to amanda who is by far the most trained and actual actually talented musician my answer is different and it's funny because like all of you guys are like a little more self-taught and you'd think that like having like all this like strong musical theory background would like really help you in these endeavors of playing music with others but it turns out that it's very useless if the other people aren't on the same page as you You just go cross-eyed like i'm always like rewriting matt's chords i'm like it's b flat not a sharp that makes no sense in the key of f (laughs) I have her draw me shapes. Like, if this is a circle, you need a triangle. Oh. 
But yeah, I, let's see, I took piano lessons since I was really little. Um, I had like pretty medium experiences with piano. I think I was a little more predisposed to it maybe than you were, Mike, but my teachers were also like a little more interesting and didn't have a high schooler teach me on an electric keyboard nearby. Rub it in. Um, I took voice lessons for a couple years in high school with a really, really great teacher who was just like really supportive and nice. When I was in high school, my boyfriend at the time died really unexpectedly, and he, his family had a funeral for him at this church that my teacher was like already affiliated with, and like at my voice lesson that week, she's like, we're going to be singing at the funeral, and I was just like, I can't do it, what? But she just like kind of led the way and showed me how, and we sang together, and so she was like a really kind of special teacher, Maria Williams Kennedy in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Bel Canto Studio Voice. Um, Does she do that still? She doesn't. She's been pretty sick. She's had a lot of, like, sort of mysterious diagnoses and, like, really treacherous time figuring out her health stuff lately, which is really sad yeah. here. But I think yeah. she's doing okay, but not teaching that much anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I have a lot of formal education. I also studied music in college for, like, a couple years. But I also studied math in college for a couple of years. And can I really do calculus? The answer is no. <laughs> um, probably better. You're probably the best out, out of the four of us, though, I would say. At calculus? Like, there was a, um, I'm sure that, like, if we all had a competition right now, you'd probably be the most advanced. Maybe. I just found calc really hard. Anyway. I got, like, all A's and B's in college. And calculus is the only class that I ever got to see in. Yeah. I've never taken calculus in my life. Yeah, me neither. I just felt really betrayed by calc. Like, I really liked all the other maths up to that point, and pre-calc was awesome. I was, like, rocking it. And then when it came time to calc, I was like, why does this make no sense to me? What is it exactly? Like, could you, <laughs> right? like, if I was, like, ask, ask for, like, a description of, like, what is calculus? I feel like it's about, like, like finding volumes what... of weird-shaped objects, which just is, like, nobody should be doing that. Come on. Come on. Is that really what it is? I mean, is that, like, the basis of it? I don't know. I, I can't like keep that? talking or everyone will know how stupid I am. <laughs> um, I just wanted to add that even though I have so much formal training, it's mostly in like the theory and not so much, but so much compared to you guys, I guess. Um, it's way more in like the theory end of things and specifically piano. And the funny, the funniest part is that I by, by far have the least experience on my instrument that I play because... Our first, like, my, like, audition or whatever for this band was, like, me showing up with my full-sized digital piano <laughs> in a bag and being, like, all right, like, what should I play? And we just, like, stumbled through it. And I think after, like, maybe two practices with that piano, somebody was, like, maybe we should have a bass player. It seems like we don't have one of those right now. And I was, like, I guess I could give it a twirl. So, long story short, I learned how to play bass really quickly and was not by any means anything special at it but was like really uh rudimentary and proficient and stuff just just upon joining this band but i like had played like i guess i was kind of self-taught on like guitar and stuff too so i knew some i knew all the campfire chords so that translated pretty well to playing the root notes on bass we were like listen you're too too good at that instrument you're playing notes we have never even thought of before. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta start with us. Like you gotta start a brand new instrument to be equal with the instruments we played for a little bit. Yeah. 
I actually kind of like that, though. I think it kind of gets you out of your head a little bit when you're songwriting to, like... Because I didn't just have, like, immediate knowledge of, like, which fret was which note. So it was kind of like, oh, just, like, try them out and, like, go by feel. I totally agree. I feel like with the whole keyboard thing, that was, like, you'd write songs that you never would have thought of because you're like, yeah. oh, you, you have to keep it so simple because you can't think beyond, like... Yes. ...your own skill level or something. So, Which I think is a lot of times that equals good songs like you just have to make it really accessible yeah i think there's something to that for sure i have a theory about theory i guess which is that like if you know nothing you can write good songs because you're like totally unhindered and you're just going off of your ear and if you know everything you can write good songs because you like have all the possible solutions laid before you but if you know like a medium amount which is where i'm at you can like get really stuck in a loop of like what you what you think you should be doing because it's it's like what is normally done anyway i think that was a pretty thorough answer let's do one more question and then we will sign off for this podcast um so we got a very um unique question from somebody that was asking if matt has read this book called craft or craft c-r-a-e like a-e combined f-t before he did the vocals for witchcraft and then he screenshotted a passage from a book that talks about diphthongs so it's when like two vowels um like bleed together like a and e to make a new sound um and he goes into this idea of like i don't know if it's like old english it looks like um where like the word craft would actually be pronounced creft um so basically i think it draws attention to matt's pronunciation of things and his like weird pseudo accent when he sings because i remember when we met um through work matt and you were already doing some stuff with some old buddies in the band that we just referenced the more guitar based band and you showed me some of your songs and i was like oh he sounds super english when he sings and it works but i'm like where did that come from so i think other people have pointed that out over the years so maybe you can speak to what the hell's going on there (laughs) and please speak it in cockney Oh, yeah. Um, the book... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Um, the book I read before Witchcraft was actually Tuesdays with Maury. Maury. A, the A and the E. Um, no, I, I, you know, I think it stems from all the bands I loved as a teenager. Not all the bands, but many of the bands I loved were English bands. Like, I really got into, like, the whole Britpop thing. Uh, Blur. I loved Radiohead. I wouldn't consider them Britpop, but um, I really got into so much English music. And uh, I think it just influenced the way I sang because, like, part of my learning process was doing the whole tabs thing. And, like, I'd learn songs from bands like the Boo Radleys, and then I'd try to emulate the vocal, um, which obviously sounded English. Uh, So I think like part of that learning process was I never kind of outgrew kind of that inflection. It was like a little bit hardwired in. Um, so I feel like I don't think about it. I don't intentionally try to sound a certain way, but I, I can see it kind of like just naturally coming out from, from the way I just kind of like was self-taught. 
So no, to answer the question, like no, like it was wasn't intentional. I didn't read uh, that particular book, uh, but I'm I definitely would read it. I'm interested in it. That is going to be all the questions we have time for on this week's podcast. But if you'd like us to read your question, please send it to us. You can message us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Send it as an email to graveyardclubband at gmail.com. Um, while you're at it, maybe check out our merch page, graveyardclub.bandcamp.com. See if there's something nice you'd like to order. Maybe leave us a little review. Show us some love. Yeah, Valentine's Day is coming up. Give your loved ones something nice. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. This has been Welcome to the Club. that you put together there's a couple there's three holes four holes one on the top one on the bottom two on the sides <laughs> there's only three holes in our shirts like your feet just touch the bottom you can't get your legs through <laughs> it's like a pillowcase with sleeves oh lordy lordy oh god <laughs> you're like in a race at like a camp you're like bouncing up and down we got a good deal on all these shirts you, you have to buy them cut your own bottom hole <laughs> you gotta come in from the top like you're just putting your shirt on like it's a pair of pants <laughs> oh god <laughs> we should have been recording but guess what we were oh my god well buddies it's been good dinner time See you guys. What do you have? What's for dinner, Matt? Salmon. Yeah. <laughs> Salmon. Um, we're going to go to town, but I could do this week. Oh, yeah. That's right. Having, sam- oh, yeah. having salmon for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> what are you having, Matt? Please use these in the bloops. We're cooking it. We're cooking salmon. <laughs> You're inside my brain. Cooking up supper. Supper. I hate the word supper. Me too, dude. I, it supper. makes me like feel gross. Is that a Midwestern thing? Yeah, I think it's got like country, yeah. country Midwest thing. All right, <laughs> country bumpkin. Country boy. Get some sup. Country. Say hi to Bethany and Lauren, okay? Come into country kitchen for some supper. <laughs> I like to think we all sign off, and Corey's still on, just riffing about supper. Doesn't realize we all lost. Still, is this still going? Sup. Good morning, Vietnam! <laughs> God. <laughs> Goodbye. See ya. Alright, bye.